can't drink like me, you can't smoke like me. Let's party together. <laughs> oh my goodness. Episode of the Hole in None podcast with me, words, and my neighbor, the JE, Mr. Doty Fade. On tonight's show, we'll give you the old 10 cent review on Martin Laird's playoff victory in Vegas. Go over some news and bitchy boy of the week on JE's casting couch, and we'll preview the CJ Cup from Shadow Creek. Hi, Johnny. Hello, yet again, words. How the hell are you? Look good. Uh, I'd look probably a lot better than I did 24 hours ago, but yeah, I feel great. I was going to say, is a little look, raspy. you just got back from Tahoe with the boys and you've been getting your dick sucked on our Friday game text <laughs> chain all morning. Excuse me. Excuse me. I've used different, I've not had. You've been getting, uh, <laughs> golden showers. Okay. There you go. Of compliments. Um, yeah, Tahoe was great. Uh, had a. You know, what I like to call a weekend that's going to take a couple years off my life. Played some golf. Played really, really, really bad. Mm -hmm. um, lost some money mm -hmm. in golf. I actually won money at the casino, so that was good. Um, but, yeah, nothing like getting away with the boys. Uh, I had some pretty bad FOMO about this one. I usually don't on that type of deal just because I like being home so much, but this one stung. Yeah, you just lo being able to do it. <laughs> love being home so much. Me too. I'm just never here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it was unbelievable. Uh, shout out to the guys that, that Dane, our boy that Blowy. hosted us, uh, he was really butthurt that he's not in this league. And so he goes, he's like, you never sent me a fucking email to be in this fantasy golf league. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I did. Sent it to everybody I knew. And then I found something that really, it was just a link that we sent to whenever we were only on, uh, the Google like drive, like when we'd send out the original link, the first like few episodes where it was just done by a fucking was it like email link to his OU email. No, it's to his email now, but like, I never actually think I sent like a formal link. Don't let him trick you. We fucking asked yeah. him. I promise. We asked everybody and everyone that I talked to that isn't in the league that want to be in the league there, they had the fucking chance. Most of them just bitched out. So... So Blovey was there. You had season two sponsor Grundy. Yeah, uh, Doctor Sketch. Doctor Sketch. Doctor Sketch was there. He he's who took me for some money. You know, I always I love joke that. I always joke that. Hey, 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 let me let me make cocktail ball. When he talks about when he talks about how he's gonna beat me in golf, it's it's never a matter of him beating me. It's a matter of how many strokes I give him, and then him literally beating me by one from there, <laughs> as far as the pops are concerned. So day one. I give him eight shots, and I only beat him by seven. So he wants some money there. But then literally day two, he played a hell of a lot better than day one and 
almost beat me straight up. I think I beat him by a shot or two. So I just glanced at the card, but I saw a deuce on a par three real late in the game. Oh yeah, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Uh, it was it was actually a par three, kind of over some water, and the pin was tucked back left, and he he held the green on the left left of the flag, which was there was only like fifteen feet there, so he had about a twelve footer, and we were drunk as hell at this point. And what what happened was is I was kind of right there by him, and he was like, "Hey, Bob, what do you, what do you think this is gonna? What do you think this putt's gonna do?" And so I just kind of slowly walk right in front of his ball, and I go, "Oops!" And I dropped my ball right in front of it, and literally just my ball rolls like gives him the line. You know, I just completely like drop my ball to give him the line, like complete cheating. But I go, "Oops!" I go, "Well, it looks like it's downhill and left to right," and then he proceeded to drain it. So I was like, "Well, you only made that because I cheated for you." <laughs> Did anyone else get fucked beside you? Uh, no, no. What do you mean? <laughs> the hookers in Tahoe were ugly. What do you mean? <laughs> no. Oh, in the match. <laughs> Did that fuck over anyone else? You oh, no, a... no. Brooks and I were the only ones playing for anything. So I like literally gave I, the mall man. Yeah, it was it was stupid. So, um, but yeah, yeah, it was it was a hell of a time. And uh, the best thing was is Sunday morning we wake up and. Brooks has a flight to catch in, in uh, Reno, which is on the north side of the lake. And we're closer to the south side of Lake, South Lake Tahoe, literally. And that's where, like, Edgewood and all the big casinos are. And uh, so we drive over there. It's about 40 minutes in. We get to the casino at, like, 10, 15 in the morning and immediately just start housing mimosas and Coors Lights. And we get on a blackjack table, me, Brooks, and Spence, Spence subs for Woods. And we must have been playing blackjack for, like, what I thought was like an hour. And I look down at my fucking, I look down at my watch and it's 1047. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Brooks looks at me and he had agreed to let us keep his rental car. He says, hey, Bo, now I'm taking an Uber. I can get as fucked up as I want before I head to the airport. <laughs> hey, Jay, you got to drink this with me. So he, I'm like the only one that's like saddling up to like house beers before, you know, 11 a.m. that time. So yeah, I had easily before 12, I had probably had 10 beers and a couple of mimosas, so. And you were up a little bit of money on the blackjack table. Yeah. No, I, I got up almost 500 at one point, and then, you know, I didn't want to be that guy that quits and ruins the mojo of the whole group, but let's just say that me being up, you know, 150 or so when I walked away was about 10 times uh, <laughs> what what everyone else lost, so. Or, shit, even more. Wait, yeah. The losses were way, way, way worse than my profit. <laughs> <laughs> so there were some long faces at the bar on Sunday. Uh, I mean, Zubs for Woods was a little upset, but Brooks didn't give a fuck, you know. <laughs> yep, see you on the airport. Bye, ball. <laughs> Bye, ball. So, yeah, hell of a weekend. Uh, glad to hear it. I know you text us, obviously, there. Were you guys just watching a couple of these? Yes, yes, uh, we did. And, and that was even worse because the kickoff was at 9 a.m. there. And so... I woke up at about 7.15, turned on game day. I was the only one up for a while. And I literally sat there by myself telling myself not to start drinking until <laughs> other people were awake. And then I gave myself an ultimatum. It was like, you cannot have a drink before 8.30. And so right at 8.30, I popped a mango claw, and we were good. And actually, I had a mimosa first. Then I had probably seven or eight mango claws, and okay. then the game started. So for all you <laughs> therapists that are getting ready to text me about walking J.E. back off the cliff, he was fine. See, he had discipline. Ther therapists, or are you talking about like, uh, I guess, rehab counselors? Yeah, 
counselors, therapists, friends. Walking me off the edge or to the clinic. <laughs> maybe maybe that's the same step. Yeah. Um, T. Fudge actually, actually had a uh, responsible OU Texas watch party that I went to, and I was giving him shit. I said, man, well, you haven't been involved in a super spreader event like this since our uh, Eyes Wide Shut party back in 09 <laughs> on Eubanks. <laughs> Everyone got pink eye. From words? <laughs> From your... You were you uh was it ass eating season? <laughs> no, but I don't know why this just popped in my head, but the old Peyton Manning trick, which almost got him busted like fifteen years later. Uh there was a lady manager in the locker room and I think he did the old you know it's impossible to do like to turn around five times and then do a sit up blindfolded and when she did it he would pull his pants down and she would put her nose right in his asshole. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I swear to God, I just saw something on Peyton Manning recently. It's like paparazzi got him when he was out at the beach, and he is like straight up cut up. Looks like a fucking like he's got like the fucking V of a you know like a traditional like surfer like the fucking pelvis V like like a porn star. He's like wearing his board shorts like extra low to like show off his his hot bod. Which, you know, there was like an infamous uh, photo of, of Eli on the beach, yeah. like looking all fat Holding and like sad. Fucking, yeah, kids' sand toys. Yeah, and so Peyton Peyton Manning is, is looking good these days, so maybe he's getting that ass eaten even more. <laughs> Shout out get Danica. <laughs> Shout out Danica. <laughs> if you don't know, fucking text us. Uh, Gray was over there also, ironically enough, after you bust off his ass last week. <laughs> yeah, I heard. <laughs> He said he stopped listening after we didn't give him his due for placing third in some yeah the, fuck tournament. the fucking Sanderson Farms probably fucking what what is what's that least Percy event before that the one that was like literally the winner got like seven hundred k it's like what the hell man I won like fucking six hundred thousand you didn't even fucking talk to me I'm done listening to these guys. <laughs> I felt bad though because he did his typical sweet gray move, and Sunday morning he dropped off some donuts on oh. my front my front door, and I didn't notice it until he was driving off. So I went to go get him, and my wife was like, "Who was that?" I was like, "Mind your fucking business, it's mine." <laughs> yeah, these aren't for you. These are my these fucking are. donuts. <laughs> these aren't for you or my daughter. I heard of it. Then, and then you he, take Weezy in the back. <laughs> and then you, then you went and got a fucking Sunday without him too, didn't you? <laughs> Honey, there are only four donuts. <laughs> back, you know, boundaries. <laughs> Words is the king. Any any type of fucking sweet, pastry sweet, it's like, oh, what you know, when I got home, I just ate like seven cookies or <laughs> I ate fucking five donuts. And I'm like, dude, my stomach hurts after eating fucking two donuts. <laughs> Am I a bitch? Kobayashi, yeah, that's why you got that little bitch weight. <laughs> Joey Chestnut. Yeah, I trust me, there's things I can eat a lot of, but donuts, for whatever reason, if I go over two, my stomach hurts. I saw the candy on that like little Ottoman deal. In uh, Tahoe. Oh, my God. I mean, that would have been gone. Night, I, night one, gone. I woke up, I swear to God, when I was packing my, my shit to go to the airport, which, we, like I said, we left at 5 a.m. Monday morning to go to the airport. And when I left, I had two Snickers wrap, empty Snickers wrappers in my dob kit. <laughs> I don't know how the fuck they got there, <laughs> but I must have had a late night That's, snack. That was a sad, sad side, I bet. Oh, I was like, fuck, Snickers. I didn't go for a fucking Twix or Reese's. Those 30 beers have me kind of hungry. I bet the over-under on beers between the five of us on Sunday or Saturday must have been close to 200. <laughs> like, ugh. ugh. I can feel it in my voice right now. 
I can hear it in your voice right now. Oh, God. All right, well, Martin Laird, he won in a playoff with Matt Wolf, my heroine, my pick. What was the fucking tournament called? Shriners. Uh, Shriners. Shriners. Ironically enough, Laird had been in a playoff 10 years prior, and that was uh, the infamous Jonathan Bird um, ace on the par three in the playoff. That's a tough way to lose. The Scotsman, he had a one-shot lead on Sunday on the 18 tee box. You know, all you can ask for, he can't get it done. Yeah, no, the 17th hole that when Laird fucking, like you said, Jonathan Bird aced it for him. Basically, the shot that Laird hit on 17 tee box was one of the worst tee shots all day. Way, yanks it way left. He is behind two trees. I've heard people say that they thought that he was going to go over it. And one guy's like, no, he's got to go under it. Martin Laird hits a fucking punch, little bladed wedge shot from, you know, behind these two trees, underneath the trees to like 17 feet and makes the most unbelievable up and down par to stay one up only to give it back away on 18. Cause like once he got up and down that I literally only got to watch the last two holes. And once he got that up and down, it seemed like that was it. He gets into some trouble on 18. Doesn't, doesn't make the putt uh, to save par to win it outright. And that's how they wound up in the playoff. But the, the, the up and down on 17, which coincidentally enough, he pours the birdie in on 17, which was the second playoff hole. So he gets redemption in two different uh, ways there on Sunday on that hole, which was the one that ripped his heart out when Jonathan Bird aced it to, to it win a, the tournament, of, you know, 10 years ago. It was a hell of a putt, too. I mean, it was 15, 20 feet uphill slider, and it just died right in the middle. So, you know, obviously me having Wolf, very, very upsetting at first. Uh, but this is a... A valiant, you know, veteran. He's had a, a hard-fought career. Hasn't won since 2014, I don't think. This is his fourth PGA Tour win. Yeah, and for up until Russell Knox got on the tour, he was the only Scottish player on the PGA yeah, Tour a for a while. Fucking Scotsman. And uh, you know, the, the putt that he made, it just it looked like it was going to die left, and it just kind of hung on into the hole. Same thing. I thought that I thought that Wolf was going to give his a run. He kind of ma- made a close putt to it. And same with Austin Cook. Austin Cook looked like well, where the fuck did Austin Cook c- come from? Like I remember he was kind of hot three three years ago or so, and he kind of came out of nowhere to get himself into contention to win. So obviously Wolf's been knocking on the door. Did you know that Matt Wolf is now number twelve in the world? No, that's which is nuts. pretty impressive. Yeah. <clears throat> um. You know, we talked about it. Morikawa is still the lowest of all of them, but. Morikawa missed the cut at 600 with your boy Co-Crack. Yeah, our, our three guys that we've loved talking about over the last two years, Wolf, Morikawa, and Victor, are still not disappointing. We've got two of them inside the top 15 in the world, and Victor's inside the top 30. So what a fucking and, and joy. one major and one major runner-up. <clears throat> exactly. What a, what a joy it's been watching these young men. Ugh, um, just feel like a big brother. But, uh, yeah, Matt Wolf, man, he really vaulted himself into contention. He shot 61 on, on sun, or Saturday to kind of get himself into the mix. Yeah, so. including three eagles on one nine-hole stretch. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Other guys that played good before we get into our picks, Will Zalatoris bounced back from that missed cut. Uh, he, fin- he finished a number a tied for fifth. Um, Abraham Answer, the Sooner, he finished outright third or outright fourth. I'm sorry, he's playing fucking great again. Uh, nothing's really changed. Peter Malnati, after having a great week last week, you know he lost in the heartbreaking fashion when Sergio made the fucking amazing shot from the uh, fairway to tap in from two feet. So Peter Malnati f- continues to hot play a tight for fifth. And then Bryson, a guy that I thought 
was going to kind of run away with it at first after he comes out with a first-round 62. He choked it off uh, on Saturday with a 71. And the other guy that was a huge disappointment, tied for the lead going into it, our pick, Patrick Cantlay. He shoots eight shots higher than his next best round on Sunday. He ends up Sunday with a 73, which was just fucking pathetic. Um, to go from basically 20 under to um, only only losing by five shots. But, you know, he plays halfway decent. And He's right there. Yeah, that was so. painful. Um, you know, Bryson allegedly shot a 59 on his own ball on the Pro-Am Wednesday was really quiet about it, like didn't go around saying, but apparently his, you know, kind of the guy, the group he was playing was like, yeah, that motherfucker just torched this place and shot us 59. So uh, when he got off to the hot start on Thursday, it was still like, oh, God, don't want to fuck another one before we take you at the Masters. Um, but didn't get it done. <laughs> before we take you at the Masters, fuck you, words. Fuck me, fuck you. Um, so, yeah, that, that's some good finishes there. Um, as far as the picks go, like we said, uh, Patrick Cantlay, both of us had him. He kind of choked it off big time. You had the, the low finisher of our picks, Matt Wolf, who lost in a playoff. Your third pick was Louis Oosthuizen, who looked like he was going to give it a run for a while until he kind of faded a little bit down the stretch, which – for me, was was not bad because I was looking at who I can have place ahead of him. And thanks to my man El Chapo, Joaquin Chapo. Neiman had a great weekend. He finishes uh, one shot ahead. He finishes sixty seven, sixty six to round out his tournament. One shot ahead at T thirteen. Um, and then my other pick, as you mentioned, Jason Kokrak. I went to bed with Jason Kokrak well inside the cut line, or at least the last time I checked my phone, because it was one of those things where, like, maybe I just didn't look at it for, like, two days. I was like, oh, what? Kokrak missed the cat? Ha. Ah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Kokrak shoots six under, and that's not good enough to make the cut here at the Shriners. So um, as far as the, the money goes, words, you ended up actually pretty solid top 10, uh, 899,000. I was all the way back at T39 with 316,000. Uh, good pickers this week. Two gloves attorney is at it again. God. He's at it again. He's tied for first place win with. What, what kind of spreadsheets that guy got working <laughs> on this clip, shit? Clip, hey, nipping at his tails right behind him. Lafferty Daniel, who also was T1. He was just, uh, he's just now one spot back in second place. And Carl's Bad D. The guys that are up top are fucking dominating here at the Shriners. Daryl from, from Carl's Bad. He ends up uh, tied for third as well, so. As far as the overall season standings go, words, those guys that I just mentioned, two gloves attorney, uh, still at number one. Bart Shelley, the real Lafferty Daniel, moves up one spot to number two, and LBBCBH is down from two to three. Um, outside of that. With, with five to go. Five to go. I, I do have to say that uh, up, up one spot, Rand Oliver back there, Team Bryson, down one spot is Keegan Bestie. And I'm only going to point this out because Keegan's bestie and C. Rob Slicers, our our commissioner, have that bet. C. Rob finishes with nobody in the money last week, which drops him two spots down from number eight to number ten. So that little matchup between those two uh, is about one point two million dollars in Stoney's favor. So five tournaments to make up some money. Words, for whatever reason, even with you getting the number nine spot and me getting 39th, we still are in the same spots. You're at number 28. I'm at number 42, except now you have a, full, a, a full-blown uh, $2, two million lead over me now. So um, this week is going gonna, is gonna to do a lot without having a cut, and unfortunately I think we're likely going to be on some of the same guys. So we'll just see. Yes, we will. 
which we don't have to go too far because we're staying in Vegas. And this is the second uh, second highest place um, after the Masters, at least last five. Uh, I think at 1.7 or seven points. 1.7 to the winner. But words, I mean, I think just as much about who's at this tournament is just about who who's not here. And that is the man with the golden nose. <laughs> D- D- DJ. Hey. Talk about noses and assholes. <laughs> What'd you get your nose into this time, Dustin? God damn. Can you not keep that nose clean? I mean, he knows sharing snorting straws is like one of the real real ways you spread this thing. Well, yeah, the nose knows. Duh. Of course he knows. Mm. <laughs> of course he knows. <laughs> of course he fucking knows. And Big Tony is still out, too. Tony, I feel bad, you know, kind of going from DJ to Tony, father of 13. You know, we've saying a prayer for every one of them. Well, from what I understand, uh, DJ was having symptoms, and I guess he did go ahead and get tested. And because of when he took his test, he can potentially play um, the Zozo next week at at Sherwood Hills or whatever um, because it was, I think, basically the Sunday before the Monday. Had he tested positive on Monday, he would have had to stay out a full week, and because he would be showing up a week later, over a week later, I believe, something like that, he will be eligible to play if he's not having symptoms up to, like, next Wednesday or something. Which I don't know if Tony could have played. I think he sat out because of when his test took place or if he's not feeling good or what. But Tony's not in the field either. So the number one player in the field and a long bomber are not going to be here at Shadow Creek. Well, before we get to Shadow, um, should we get cozy on the casting couch? Sure. Well, I guess it has to start with the bitchy boy of the week. Bitchy boy, bitchy boy, bitchy boy. Bitch. And don't look any further than former U.S. amateur champ, the Englishman, Matthew Fitzpatrick. (laughs) Oh, yes, of course. You know, 5'10", bitch waist. Actually, he's kind of more of like the kind of chubby, skinny kid, you know? It's like, hey, Matt, maybe work out Don't put him in my category, (laughs) please. I never said you were skinny. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I mean, words. You're a fucking athlete, man. No. Um, Fitzpatrick has some uh, basically really petty, which I can get behind, but also st- completely ignorant words uh, regarding Bryson, basically going out and saying that what Bryson's doing doesn't take any skill whatsoever, um, and he just comes off like a complete ass and looking like Fievel Mouskowitz. <laughs> What, being all bitchy? Yeah, bitchy. A bitchy little mouse? Being a bitchy little mouse. Well, here, here's what I'd say about that word is that he did say, you know, I could I could hire a physio or someone to, to, you know, bulk me up. I could gain 40 pounds. I could hit it 40 yards longer if I just dedicated myself to it. But, you know, he, he said, and I quote, Bryson is making a mockery of the game, which you would think that, like, you know, you and I have always been eager to just pounce and talk shit and throw Bryson on the rug, but, like, Yes, he has devoted his time to this, and he's busted his fucking ass. He's at the fucking driving range until, like, past darkness before the final round of the U.S. Open. What does he go do? He wins the tournament by six shots. He's fucking a nerdy-ass, lame dude. But you can't knock him for that. If you can figure out a way to be better than everyone else on tour in in any category, it's going to put you at an advantage. And I can't say that hitting it far is not a— a skill, which, you know, we kind of talked about this before we started recording. It's like, if you can hit it far, that's something that's like certain people cannot do. 
you can practice putting all you want, and I've heard the whole thing about are you born a good putter or can you, you can you become a good putter? You can't. Not everyone can fucking hit the ball a mile. Bryson could hit it far, but what he's done now has definitely taken advantage of how to hit it further, and that's it. You hit it further and you hit it straight. Straight with a five degree driver, like fuck you. That doesn't take skill. So the problem with Fitzpatrick's comments also is like, yes, we do hop on Bryson because he is a nerd. Because he's a and, bitch. And with a comment like this, it just gives Bryson the opportunity to compare himself to Einstein and Newton. Yeah. <laughs> in the same sentence. And it's just so frustrating. No, don't make fun of Bryson for doing this, for pushing the fucking ball forward. I mean, now, look, you have Rory and DJ uh, showing off their swing speeds this week. Um, you know, they didn't think that they needed to work on their length, I guarantee you, this time last year. Um, and now they're they're trying to take it to the next level also. So before getting too far away from Fitzpatrick and, and still touching on the Bryson thing, you know, he's taking a month off now up until Augusta. He's not playing again. Supposedly, he's putting the fucking 48-inch driver in his bag, and he claims that he's going to hit 2,000 drives before Augusta. So that is just a mere, uh, let's see, 500 drivers a week, 500 driver swings a week for the next four weeks, <laughs> which is just— I mean, the fact that you could do that? The fact that he's game-planned like that and just kind of let everyone know about it, I think, is, is awesome. I, this is what I'm going to do. What you I'm doing do the same it? fucking thing right now. Um, so Poulter switching gears a little bit to kind of like, okay, maybe something does need to be done with this because Bryson, you know, what if he starts putting a two-degree dr- driver in the bag, you know, learns how to hit that. It's just going to – he's going to be able to swing it faster and faster and faster. Um, so Ian Poulter, you know, we've, we've heard a lot of ideas. Most, you know, the, the kind of the most popular idea on how to kind of rein the game back would be, I would say, like everyone play with the same golf ball on tour. Like there's just one tour exclusive ball that is – creates more spin and then that would you know have people kind of forced to dial it back um there are just too many golf ball companies that would that would bankrupt um at this point so i don't think that that's ever gonna what like volvic exactly (laughs) any yeah top flight between top flight and volvic i mean that's the long drive one anyways though polter this week on instagram had a good video and basically just saying look if you say that the least amount of loft you can have on a driver is 10 degrees then people would be forced to not swing as hard because it would just, the faster you swing, the more spin it goes, and the higher it would just balloon up. And he's like, you know, they, they would be able to, you know, tr- be able to trap the 10-degree driver and figure out different ways how to hit it hard and hit it far. But in general, that would that would dial it all down. I thought that, you know, I don't think that that's maybe right necessarily or wrong, but I thought that was an interesting kind of idea that I hadn't heard before. Well, I think that, as far as people who have kind of like transcended the the game and have have to like almost change the game because of, if you go back like when Jack Nicholas first came out, Jack Nicholas pumped the ball so much fucking farther than everyone else. That's how he went on this big run. But that was more of a natural, just big hitting swing, fast swing. Ti- then Tiger comes along. They try to fucking Tiger proof Augusta, all that bullshit. Tiger was so much longer than everybody for so long. Even John Daly, when he first came out, was so much longer than everybody. Bryson is still not the, you know, he, Cam Champ can hold his own with him. Tony can hold his own. DJ can hold his own. But, like, Bryson is just, there's something about the way the media and that he wants to talk about what he's doing that is making this, I think, more of a big deal than it really is. It's feeding on itself. It's Because even if you look back, what, five fucking years, Jordan Speed took the fucking golfing world by storm, and that guy can't hit it as far as I can. I can, I fucking carry it way further than Jordan Speed. <laughs> the guy could putt. 
his fucking lights out. But, you know, that guy won, what did he win, fucking 10 tournaments in like— th- 11 tournaments, three majors. In three years. Um, so— <laughs> And the last one was in 2017, his major championship. That was his last win. Uh, yeah. He is now outside of the top 70, by the way. So he—those are kind of the two storylines going into the season also. It was—is is Spieth going to be able to figure it out? And what the—how big is fucking Bryson going to get? Is he going to get his biggest Triple H? Um, and so far, Spieth has regressed. And Bryson is on that is on that trajectory. Spieth was on your your boy show, Gravy and the Sleaze, this week. He was on subpar. Subpar. With Drew, yes, of course, it was great. And he brought up a real bitchy comment about Bryson, basically reverse psyching him out on Augusta. Well, it was something along the lines of Bryson would have to lose Augusta to not win it. Mm-hmm. Which it's funny because you know, as you said earlier, and I kind of just laughed. I think obviously Augusta sets up for Bryson now. Uh, more than so than anybody he's going to be the clear favorite going in especially if he's hitting the fucking longer driver farther but if you remember when Bryson was an amateur playing after winning the U.S. amateur he was in contention until I think he triple bogeyed the 18th hole on like Friday like he was playing great might have even been in the lead triple bogeys 18 and and it kind of all fell apart from there like he could play this course long before he fucking got big like this so I think that, like you said, and like Jordan Speed said, and like everyone's saying, he's definitely the guy to beat there. It, it's going to have to be who actually can get the ball in the hole. Yes, you can hit it far, but you still got to do well. And people he, forget that Bryce a is a, a damn putter. good putter. I mean, exactly. Fucking top 10 putter in the world, probably. Yeah. So. All right. Well. Wait, one, one more thing before we before we move on. I do want to give a big shout out uh, for, on the casting couch to, to my guy, Doc Antle from the Tiger King. He was recently indicted for uh, animal welfare charges. But more so a shout out because he had like ten casting couches. Yeah, he had like seven or eight women like that were working for him, and all of them were like busty as hell. And like he would like they talked about it on the fucking documentary. Like made these girls get like implants and stuff in the area of his house where they'd have like cub petting dates or whatever, where they literally let people come in and p- pet these cubs. Were literally like four or five like orgy orgy couches, like one big couch with. That's the that dream. That could fit like fucking thirty people. So. That's the dream. Shout out to Doc Antle because he's probably going to jail <laughs> and it's kind of a couch you know related yeah much respect <clears throat> and he has a good soul patch i can grow, grow a pretty good soul patch here and there which shout out to uh dane's dad chris covey he showed up with a with a with a soul patch and he called it the australian and i was like what he goes a little something down under <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we we talked about the australian all weekend for sure Oh my God, it's so beautiful. All right. <laughs> now I think would be the best time to switch gears and take it back up the road to Vegas to Tom Fazio's Jewel in the Desert, Shadow Creek, for the CJ Cup. And I think everyone is fucking really pumped about this, including the players. And they say, and it looks like the course is just as lush as it can be. So. I think the only exposure that normal people have had to this was, you know, when they had the match here, that corny ass, you know, match with Tiger and Phil, which they both played like shit. Uh, it didn't do the course justice for everything I heard. I, I do know several people have gone out there and played it. We have a friend who's a member out there. He swears he's going to take me at some point. We'll see. When we do, we'll definitely talk about it. They just get, they do an overseed usually a little bit before this. They're actually having the member guests out there next week, and that's typically the first thing they do after this. So obviously they're going to let the pros go tear it up first. Um, but apparently the greens are just 
on fucking fire, immaculate greens. I believe JT said that they were some the best greens he might have ever putted on on tour. Um, Adam Long said the same thing. Um, so I think that the exposure this is going to get from being on TV is going to make people at home that are watching it say, Jesus Christ, what do I have to do or where do I have to stay to go fucking play there when I'm in Vegas, which it's owned by MGM Properties. So. Awesome. Well, let's get right into some of the featured groups. Featured groups, words. We haven't even mentioned this. You know, the, the missing from the field, number one player in the world, Dustin Johnson. Player who's back, Brooks, is back. Number four player in the world, Brooks Kepka is off from his two-month layoff. Apparently, he's been out in San Diego getting treatments on the knee. He also revealed he had a slight labrum tear in his hip, which was basically from him compensating for the knee. Says he feels better than he's felt in months. He's in the first featured group playing with Justin Thomas and Sung J.M. I, I don't think Brooks is going to be a factor this week, but boy, do I fucking wish he would be. And I really hope that he can round into shape for Augusta. He said he's going to play this week, and then he's going to play again in Houston before he goes to Augusta. So um, Brooks making his debut after withdrawing at the Wyndham earlier in the year, missing the U.S. Open. Uh, Justin Thomas, as I mentioned, is a guy who said that this is probably the best greens he's ever put in. I'm going with JT this week. It's a good pick. Um, I, I, I like I like the way he's kind of always been consistent. He hasn't really fallen into any of these slumps. If he likes the greens, he he's a very streaky putter, and he's not a bad putter when he's not. I think a guy that can hit the ball, tee to green good, and putt well, obviously <laughs> anybody that does that is going to be in contention. <laughs> but this is a place where a ball striker and a good putter is probably going to have their best chance. So the other guy, Sung JM, shit, who knows? He was he's been one of your guys when you famously had the all Korean teams twice now. So um, I, I don't know that Sung Jay will be a factor, but you know we're fans of his. I guess we love him. He's a great ball striker. I'm not taking any of those guys this week. Uh, JT is a pick that is one that I was hoping you didn't go with because I could absolutely see him uh, rattling off this win. Has he played since the U.S. Open? I don't um, think he has. That would be the only deal. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. So, um, but four of his thirteen wins have come during the fall schedule. So that's another thing that bodes well for him. Hopefully, words on none of them. Featured group number two. Uh, featured group number two is actually another hot hitting group. Uh, Terrell Hatton, fresh off of his win at the uh, BG, P, BGA B- BMW BMW PGA Championship over abroad at. Uh, what was that course called? It's it's like a not Wentworth, is it? Yeah, that's where it was. Wentworth, yeah. Yeah, and so he just coming off a win. The one thing you got to worry about with that, he's flying all the way across the world to come play here in Vegas. But good it, payday, I guess. It is a slight concern. Um, he's done it plenty of times, though. At this point, he is one of the European guys that has really proven himself on the PGA Tour. He got hoodies outlawed basically, and a few country clubs out in England now where they have basically come out and drawn the line and say, no, you can't wear that. He wore, he wore one this weekend, which I, I liked. Um, I'm on him this week. Okay, I like that. Hey, Words, have you ever worn a hoodie on the golf course? Yes, my uh, Patagonia zip-up, I've I've absolutely worn a hoodie. It's I've, fucking cold. I've used it. I've definitely worn a hoodie on a golf course. I've worn it at our at our country club, and I, ha- I did have a couple people that made comments about it. I was like, oh, you're just not fucking swaggy enough to wear something like this, you <laughs> douche. No, just kidding. J.E. can definitely pull off a hoodie. <laughs> Uh, so you've got Terrell Hatton. Um, well, the other guy in this group, or two other guys in this group, both of them are going to be considered favorites. One of them is the favorite now with DJ dropping out. The number two player in the world, I believe, John Rahm, 
who I've already used all five of my picks on him, which hurts because he does look like he – this just seems like a course that probably sets up well for him. I am on Rom as well. Words is on Rom. I have uh, two more picks for Rom, and I, you know, this is the biggest purse. Like I said earlier, outside of the outside of Augusta, um, so I'm not going to be sitting on my thumb at the end of the year wishing I'd have taken Rom. I had to jump on him. Yeah, of course. Um, so that's a good pick. Um, and again, these desert courses—that's what he's used to playing at Arizona State. Surprisingly, Rom has never played at Shadow Creek. This is his first time seeing the golf course. Uh, I heard him in the media center yesterday talking about it. Um, the last guy in this group, words, are you going to go three for three? The third guy is oh! Ow, ow, ow! fresh off of his second place finish. And as I mentioned before, number 12 in the world, Matthew Wolf rounding out the group. Uh, to answer your question, yes, I have not kicked the heroin. Well, I'm, I'm staying on my boy Wolf. Words, well, that's the one that we're going to have in common because me either. <laughs> I'm on Wolf myself. I've got the shakes. This guy is playing too well right now to not put it together. And I mean, I, I don't want to jinx him, but I think this guy can fall out of bed and finish in the top 10 this week. Um, he's playing unbelievable golf all the way back to the, I believe I saw that he's made 12 of his last 12 cuts or something. Um, he's finished in the top 10 several times, including the PGA Championship including a second-place finish at the U.S. Open. He sh- almost won last week. The guy's on fire. He hits um, the ball a fucking mile. Hits he the, can putt. He hits the ball a fucking mile. He's got Hoodie, Hoodie Heinen, uh, an Oklahoma kid on the bag for him. No Nick shit. Nick Heinen, yep. He's an OSU kid as well. And, uh, yeah. And Gankus is in Vegas yeah, this week. Exactly. So, you know, they're staying cheap and they're staying lubricated. So, Words goes three for three at a feature group, too. I like that. You know, I... I came over to JE's. We're recording a little early, and uh, I had not even looked at the featured groups. So the fact that they're all in the same group that doesn't make me feel great. Um, but I stand by it. Well, I can tell you, uh, at the last minute, there was a there was two guys that I almost swapped out. I almost swapped out um, Matthew Wolf. I didn't. Um, if it all before we get through the featured groups, I'll, I'll, I'll allude to what I was thinking elsewhere. So um, the next featured group. This one is all right, and I can tell you, I have burned so many picks on this guy to fucking, he has burned me so many fucking times, I swear to God I had him picked this week, thinking to myself, what kind of fucking speech are you going to give if he burns me for the fucking eighth time? Rory McIlroy. <laughs> I almost picked Rory this week. I backed off Rory at the last minute. Thank God. I thought we were going to hear another Kevin Na speech. No. Uh, Rory is in this group, uh, again, kicking off his his season, his first start since the U.S. Open. You know, maybe he's settled down a little bit now that he's been home with the baby for a little bit. Maybe it's time for him to find that fucking nope. charge for himself to get himself going. Only reason why, I know he, he's a great ball striker, but I don't think Rory can hang with these fucking fast greens out here. We know that's the one part of his game that has seemed to be shitty. I've been working on my game, though. Work on your game with the putting, motherfucker. No, he's trying to get to 195 ball speed, man. Shit. Well, he's playing with a recent winner. Where so you did not go No, I did not go okay, with Rory. So if, if, if Rory is top five going into the weekend, send J.E. a hate text. <laughs> yeah, and be like, hey, can't wait for him to choke on Sunday. Um, his playing partner's words, Sergio Garcia. Just playing some really sneaky good golf. The little son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. The king of Tejas, Sergio. Well, the other thing, too, though, is the, the third guy in this group, dude, Siwoo Kim, Mr. Up and Down, he's he's been actually consistent for the first time in a while. So I guess because he's playing with Roy, he gets to be in the 
a featured group. Consistency in Korean. <laughs> so, words the the last final group, and this is probably my favorite group out of all of them. And this is the group where I almost picked two of these guys, but I didn't. Okay. Okay. Colin Morikawa. He's making. He's back. He he's making his first start after missing the cut last week at the Shriners. He's a Las Vegas resident, mm. so um, look for him to play pretty well. You think he's been asked to go play out there before? Yeah, probably not. Probably like, hey man, you want to play? Well, we got to get fucked up if we do it. No, I'm just kidding. Like, hey, who's this math tutor out here? I I did see that. I guess JT said something about. Uh, he, I think he was texting Colt, my boy, and he was saying that this would be the first. Uh, this will be definitely be the first sober round I play at Shadow Creek. <laughs> um, other guys in the group. So you got Morikawa, our boy, the X-Man, the forgotten California kid, possibly the best in the game. Xander yep. Schauffele is in there. And then the man from Norway, Victor Vic- Hovland. Victor. Very, very, very close to pulling the trigger on Victor this week. I, uh, I just didn't have the balls, to be quite honest. I almost booted Wolf for, for Victor because I just thought, you know, why, why you not? You didn't stay with your boy. Why not Victor? Um, again, good, good, good ball striker, short game. Eh. So that, that's kind of what kept me off of him. Um, I think this group could easily produce the winner. Talk about three guys that are all about fucking five eight and can just go fucking play golf. They are all three potential number one players in the world, in my opinion. So who are you on? I'm not on any of those guys' words Ooh. because I'm going after a guy that's not in the featured group. Oh my god! A guy that you've been on, a guy that you've loved all season, a, guy that, a, a guy that I haven't been on. I'm going with Daniel Berger. Berger. I'm going with the Burger King. He's in the top twenty in putting. Great ball striker, great putter. I'm going with Daniel Berger this week. Good pick. Yes. God, Re- <laughs> rattling off all those people before getting to Berger gave me a fucking anxiety. <laughs> God damn. This is a good field. Yeah, it's a great field, no cut. Uh, again, this is going to be one of those that, shit, you guy has a bad first round, you never know what can happen. What was it? What, what was Unless that? he just totally mails it in and goes and gets fucking black out in Vegas. <laughs> that, that's always an issue out there too. But with DJ not playing, yeah, it's not so much. Not something to talk about. Yeah, not as, as much, much peer pressure yeah. for the rest of the field. Come on, you guys want to come out and fuck Paulina? It could be more. It's like, hey, look, yeah, man, shit, I got a fucking suite at the Bellagio. <laughs> yeah, uh, just wear your mask in here, bud. <laughs> um. I do think it's interesting, like, moving forward from here. Obviously, the guys that are going to California for the tournament next week, I think, will be the last tournament some of these guys play because you see Tony go out, you see DJ go out. These guys got to probably be pretty cautious and careful about not testing positive when they show up to Augusta. That's so, going to be the the big storyline now is if you if you test positive, you you could put Augusta in jeopardy. Not yeah. the tournament, but for yourself. So. Yeah, so I do think that maybe maybe Vegas is the last hurrah for some of these sons of bitches. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, the main reason why I went with Burger, I've only picked Burger once. This is my second Burger pick. It's my second or third Wolf pick, and it's this will be my fourth JT pick. So I still got all these guys at least one more time, which I think they're all playing pretty good. So Good picking. We'll give see. Give it a run, baby. Hey, we'll see. Hasn't worked so far for you, but... <laughs> Hey, I love it. I like a, fir- a first and second place from uh, JT and, and uh, Burger. And then just your guys all are like last, except for Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> and, then I, and then I'm back. He paints quite a picture, doesn't he, folks? You don't see it on the pictures, do you? <laughs> Pow, right in the kiss. No, that's the, uh, you want to be a star, don't you? 
Minnie Mouse. Uh, Walt Disney's literally drawing the picture. He's like, come on, you want to be a star, don't you? <laughs> okay. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm digging it. All right, do you have any other uh, pearls of wisdom for our listeners out there? If you haven't already, you're you're way behind, but you got to go check out the uh, South Park pan- pandemic special episode with Randy Marsh <laughs> fucking a bat. <laughs> oh, it's fucking unbelievable. Uh, I actually haven't seen that, but I think it's right up my alley. Yeah, Mickey Mouse. Oh, you've never fucked a bat before? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that. That's great. Save it for the shardy party. All right, we love you. God bless. Keep your head down. You can't drink like me. You can't smoke like me. Let's party together. (laughs) Oh, my goodness.